Hey there, friends of Holy Shenanigans Podcast. I'm thrilled to share that I'll be recording live from the Wild Goose Festival this July 11 through 14. Wild Goose Festival is a transformational community grounded in faith-inspired social justice. It's a one-of-a-kind gathering that brings together activists, artists, and seekers from all walks of life to explore justice and art, spirituality, and community. The festival will take place at Van Hoy Farms in Union Grove, North Carolina, and I'd love for you to join me there. From engaging workshops to inspired panels and interactive experiences, Wild Goose has something for everyone. So mark your calendars and let's be part of this incredible community that is committed to making a positive impact in the world. For more information, visit www. WildGooseFestival.org. As one of my followers, use a discount code A-TLE24. That's A-TLE24. And you'll get $50 off the price of an adult weekend ticket. We will see you there at the Wild Goose Festival to connect, to build community, and to work for social justice. shenanigans. I'm your muse, Tara Lamont Eastman, a creative, a feminist, and a pastor. In this week's episode, I tell a story about people wanting to see Jesus, the importance of using soft eyes to really see people, and introduce you to a brand new book by Roger Hutchison, Face, a Love Story. When I dreamt of this podcast, I imagined it as a space to tell stories of how God surprises and shows up in our daily lives. The term holy shenanigans is my own term of affection for the work of the Spirit in my life and in the lives of people I meet. This holy shenanigans podcast dream, in a lot of ways, is coming true. And then there's moments where this dream is more than I ever imagined. This episode's theme is about seeing other people and being seen ourselves, and I hope this theme makes it all the way through this podcast. This idea is the understanding that if we truly see one another, that we will hear and listen to one another, too. So wherever this day finds you, I hope that this idea of seeing and hearing plays well with the ideas that are bubbling to the surface of your life today. Just to serve as a little reminder, this podcast is part Bible study, part personal story, and part poetry. I like to say that what's discussed here is always sacred, but it's never stuffy. Holy shenanigans might be a hodgepodge of this and that, but I guarantee you that whatever you hear will be 100% holy shenanigans. In church world, we are in the fifth Sunday of Lent. And we'll be reading from the Gospel of John, chapter 12, 20 through 33, this week. In the Jesus story, this story takes place after he raises Lazarus from the dead, and the people of Jerusalem celebrate his arrival there, topped off with the waving of palm branches. There's been lots of excitement leading to this moment, 
and the people are anxious to learn more about this miracle-doing Jesus. So Jesus is sought out by people in his tradition, Jewish, and those who happen to be Greek. They come to the disciples and ask, We wish to see Jesus. Jesus meets with them and tells them rather cryptically about his time of suffering to come, as well as the difficulty to follow. Suffering, service, and a troubled soul. This does not seem like a pitch from someone who's just had palms waved in their face, does it? Perhaps the people that wanted to see Jesus were intrigued and curious. They actually stayed and listened to him. When his soul was troubled, these people stayed and slowed down long enough to hear someone else's story. Yes, this story is about Jesus being the one that people were waiting for, but this text also resonates in a different way. It's about this important practice of seeing people and people needing to be seen. In this story, Jesus tells the hard truth about his reality and his experience and for what's to come. And while there's a lot going on in this story, I get the sense that the people actually slow down and listen to Jesus, where he closes the section by saying, the light is with you for a little longer. This sounds like an important reminder to not take our time with people for granted, that it's important to see, hear, and be fully aware of the light that people bring into our lives before that light is dimmed or goes away. I'm not saying that this intense focus on people and paying attention is an easy task to do, but it is a sacred and needed practice. Sacred, you say? Let's go back into this Jesus story for a moment. In the -the behind-the-scenes view of Jesus, after the palms have been left scattered in the street, I realize that this moment of seeking, seeing, and hearing Jesus is sacred. And if seeing Jesus is a sacred act, then seeing people, where they are, in all their brokenness and beauty, is a sacred and holy act, too. Okay, got it. Check. Seeing and hearing people is an important thing. Well, let's think about that some more with a holy shenanigans story. I think at some point in our lives, we have had the experience of wanting another person to see us. And when I say see us, I mean more than just see what we look like or what we're wearing. I mean, really see us for who we are and perhaps how we feel for the person that we hope actually truly sees us. For example, I could tell you a story about how I thought Bonnie Bell lip gloss was going to have a magical ability to make my first crush see me on a middle school hayride, but the only thing that my overly glossed lips attracted was hay that stuck to my lips like glue. Or I could tell you about asking a boy to go with me to an amusement park. He went on the trip with me, and we had lots of fun riding rides, and we were good friends. We had a lot in common, music and church, and we were in the same grade. It might sound cheesy, but there were times in that season that I wondered if we could have been more than friends. For me, this trip to the amusement park, in my 14-ish year old mind, seemed to be the perfect test 
of this possibility. And yes, I probably had some lip gloss in my back pocket, too. That day at the amusement park, we rode the roller coaster to prove I was brave. We played on the bumper cars to prove I was fun. And time and time again, we rode my favorite ride. It was called the ultimate trip. Some important details about this very favorite ride. It was a spinning top of a ride known as the Scrambler. It was set up inside a colorful cement building painted inside and out in psychedelic glow-in-the-dark colors. People would line up the winding, roped-off stalls, and writing and graffiti was all over its walls. In my young mind, it seemed to be the most sophisticated ride at the amusement park. Yes, I just said those words. Sophisticated ride amusement park. The ultimate trip was sophisticated because it was mysterious, colorful, loud, and fast. Riders would enter from the brightness of day into the darkness of its halls. You would climb into your seat, latch the safety bar, and the pistons would start to spin. The lights would dim, the black lights would be turned on, and the rock music started to blare. As the scrambler spun the riders in their respective seats as the arms whirred around, gravity would squish the people together. If there was a chance for the holding of a hand or a peck on the cheek of a middle school friend, I was convinced that this was the place for it to happen. Oh, Bonnie Bell, don't fail me twice. The scrambler spun, the lights flashed, the music played. But fail Bonnie Bell did. My friend was kind and polite, and there was no holding of hand or peck on the cheek. However, my friend stayed my friend that day and all the way through to high school graduation. And for that, I'm thankful. But on that day, and from the position of being a 14-year-old girl, bombarded by an ultimate trip of swirling fashion magazines. I wondered if anyone might see me beyond the role of being in a friend zone, and it was all very disillusioning. When I think of heartbreaks, the failure of Bonnie Bell lip gloss to do its magic on a hayride or on an amusement park ride are small. But there are places and times that we all feel overlooked or unseen And while sometimes the details of my stories help make a personal connection to this theme, for this week's Holy Shenanigans, I think the devil might actually be in those details. This time, I want to pause and allow you space to think of your own look at me, really look at me, hayride and amusement park stories of needing to be seen. Consider this pause of a Holy Shenanigans story as an opportunity for you to fill in the blanks of your own story on this theme of seeing and being seen. Do you have an experience of truly being seen? Do you have a story of needing someone to come looking for you, the real you? Do you see the realness of the people you love? From birth to middle school to middle age and beyond, People want to be seen fully, with love, by lipid eyes. What in the world are lipid eyes, you ask? The term lipid 
or soft eyes, in my experience, comes from Parker Palmer's book, The Courage to Teach. Palmer says this about soft eyes. When we are taken by surprise, there is a sudden narrowing of our visual periphery that exacerbates the fight-or-flight response that is associated with both physical and intellectual combat. But in the Japanese self-defense art of Aikido, this visual narrowing is countered by a practice called soft eyes, in which one learns to widen one's periphery to take in more of the world. If you introduce a sudden stimulus to an unprepared person, the eyes narrow and the fight-or-flight syndrome kicks in. But if you train a person to practice soft eyes, then introduce the same stimulus, the reflex is often transcended. This person will turn towards the stimulus, take it in, and then make a more authentic response, such as thinking a new thought. Soft eyes, according to Palmer, is an evocative image for what happens when we gaze on sacred reality. Now our eyes are open and receptive, able to take in the greatness of the world and the grace of great things. Eyes wider with wonder. We no longer need to resist or run when taken by surprise. Now we can open ourselves to the great mystery. Yes, we went from talking about lip gloss and middle school heartbreak to something as deep and meaningful as the art of looking, really looking, at and with people, with soft eyes. This practice can be incredibly powerful in that it allows people to slow down, shift perspective, and truly see one another. For the Greeks looking for Jesus after that party of the palms, I wonder if they were seeking him with soft eyes. For adolescent me, looking for another person to see me for who I was becoming, I didn't know this term, soft eyes, but beyond my hope of holding a hand, what I wanted was to be truly seen. And if I were to turn the tables, what if instead of looking for something from the potential handholder, if I had looked at them with soft eyes? There is a foundational idea in Christianity that people are made in the image of God. If we were to see each other, all the each others that make up humanity, as we were made in the image of God, perhaps this seeing with soft eyes would just be how we see one another. In light of many experiences of non-seeing or overlooking the opportunity to truly see another person, I know this is something that humanity, regardless of religious orientation, is something humanity needs to work on. Okay, friends, let's put this on today's let's try this list. The practice of seeing people with soft eyes does not require Bonnie Bell lip gloss, hayrides, or amusement parks with elaborate machinery, blacklights, or a killer sound system. Soft eyes require people to seek out people and see one another with compassion and respect. Soft eye seeing requires people to slow down, take a breath, open their eyes wide, and see the sacred in the person right in front of them. 
This week's question is one borrowed from a song by the artist Jewel. She asks, What if God was one of us? Just a slob like one of us, just a stranger on the bus, trying to make their way home. If God had a face, what would it look like? Thank you, Jewel, for these perfect questions to frame the practice of soft eye seeing. These questions are one for open-hearted, holy shenanigans, for seekers of God, and for people who long to learn the practice of everyday soft eye seeing of the beautiful, diverse, unique, sacred peoples. Holy shenanigans show up for me in many different ways. This week, the shenanigans of the holy arrived by way of invitation via my email inbox. On most weeks of the podcast, I usually write and read my own poems to cap off each episode. But this week, I received a note from a friend at Paraclete Press. Rachel McKendry, publicist for Paraclete, shared the story of author and illustrator Roger Hutchison's newest book, Faces, A Love Story. And as soon as I heard about it, I knew it was the perfect fit for this week's story about the importance of really seeing people. Roger is the number one best-selling author and illustrator of seven books, including The Painting Table, My Favorite Color is Blue, Sometimes, Come In, Come In, and the upcoming Faces, A Love Story. When reading Roger's work, it's important to know why it's full of prayerful poetry and why he has a gentle reverence in his tone and posture towards the heartbroken. Following the shootings at Sandy Hook Elementary School in Newton, Connecticut, Roger had the privilege of painting with children who witnessed these tragic events. The experience profoundly affected him and convinced him to serve those who grieve with his writing and art. To connect with Roger Hutchison's work, visit him at Twitter and Instagram. To view a copy of Roger's book, Faces, A Love Story, follow the direct link in the show notes of this podcast. In a moment, Roger will honor us in reading a segment of Face, A Love Story, as this week's poem for Holy Shenanigans. But here is a little more about the story of where this beautiful book comes. The idea for Face was already forming before the pandemic. But in the pandemic, it's been said that we are more connected than we've ever been, and less connected than we've ever been. I wanted to create a book that connects and celebrates the love that the creator has for the created. I wanted to create a book that celebrates what makes us different and what unites us. Faces was a labor of love from each word to each different face created for the book. Each face is perfectly imperfect. Each face, holy. Well said, Roger. Each face is holy. Without further ado, is Roger reading for us a segment of Face, a love story. I am the painter of stories and dreams. I am the artist of all that is, of you. I paint mahogany lips and warm honey skin, turquoise iris and chestnut hair. 
umber freckles and espresso brows, alabaster smile and olive dimples. My palate is filled with the colors of water and sky, colors of me, colors of you, colors of us. I gaze at your face from a distance, but also from very close. Know that I long to be close to you. We are separated by all of our assumptions, preconceptions, misunderstandings, even a pandemic of fear. So much mistrust. Yet I know there is a longing in your hearts and souls to touch, to know, to walk with each other. We brush against each other. Our laughter fills the space around us, held aloft by a warm spring breeze. I am the artist who has painted all our faces, every face that you see. Faces you see on the street, faces of those you look up to, faces that perhaps you have turned away from for any number of reasons, faces that you remember from the past, every face that shows me in one way or another, faces that you may be afraid of because you have forgotten how to trust. We forget. It is time to face our fears. You can tell the age of a tree by the number of rings on her trunk, but only if you cut her down. Her branches stretched and expansive, gnarled and scarred, a parable told in bark, wise and strong. Beneath her shade, there's refuge. Deep wrinkles frame the tree's smile. In the same way, Bespeckled eyes sparkle and shine. Every sacred life is stretched and expansive, gnarled and scarred by love and loss. Still we smile, wise, weary, and strong. Thank you for joining me for Holy Shenanigans. That surprise, encourage, redirect, and sometimes turn life upside down, all in the name of love. Dear hearts, know that you're always invited to join me on this unpredictable spiritual adventure that is always sacred, but never stuffy.